Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. The CFO and the Office of Finance, are, they're looked to now as architects of growth. Yes, a really exciting message from today's guest mentor, Jason Lin, CFO at Centage. But how can we get there? Well, we touched on so many ideas on this week's episode. We deconstruct two ways on how we can earn a seat at the decision-making table. We also go into a very useful analogy that Jason uses between how tennis and basketball can teach us on how to have a more successful career in finance and become more like these architects of growth and also some insight behind what our business partners are asking for and the mindset we need to bring into finance. Some great examples Jason shares there also. So look, really hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please remember to subscribe and leave your comments about it. Let your friends and colleagues know. We're on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud and YouTube. If you do want to delve into the episode, you can find more on our website, sitnshow.com, where you get the detailed show notes, ways to connect with the mentor, and also links to the resources mentioned during the episode. Really hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again for investing your time with us today. And without further ado, over to Jason and the show. Well, Jason, look, you've got a fascinating fascinating. Uh, career uh, i have to say i, I liked uh, one of your analogies and i'd love to share that with your audience between tennis and, and basketball but before we get in there would you mind perhaps sharing with our audience a brief uh, career journey yeah absolutely I'm, I'm happy to so um you know I, I, it's been close to 20 years now that, that i've been in accounting and finance and um you know i've been at a lot of different different size companies from the the multi-billion dollar tens of thousands of tens and thousands of employees to the you know just a couple million dollars in annual revenue and, and less than 30 employees. Um, so, you know, I've always been a, a numbers person. I'm very analytical and, and data-driven. And I would say above all else, I've been very drawn to the FP&A function within finance, so financial planning and analysis. You know, in my, in my opinion, an FP&A professional who is truly doing his or her job correctly has a seat at that decision-making table at, at any organization and is heavily involved in, in operational strategy and, and insights and um, especially in, in tech and SaaS, where, where I've operated recently in my career, where there are so many important metrics and KPIs that are related to financials. Um, that piece of it is, is extremely exciting and, and interesting for me. Um, so as far as where I am now as, as CFO at Centage, um, this was really a, a unique opportunity for me because our, our flagship product here at Centage is Planning Maestro, which is a financial planning and budgeting software. So I faced all the same challenges that they have over the course of my career. So again, that, that's kind of where I got to to where I am now at Centage and why I'm, I'm so excited to be here. Jason, that's an interesting perspective to bring. So not only do you have to be, I suppose, good at, at FP&A financial planning analysis yourself, given that your company's practice that way. I mean, does that bring does that bring additional challenges for you in terms of, I imagine you must use your own company's product to, in terms of a lot of your own processes then? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I don't know that it that I would call it challenges, but I just think I bring a, a very unique lens where, um, 
you know, I, I can talk to our sales team about how, how to pitch the product and how to, how to demo it. So it, it really, I, I think, again, is unique because I feel so kind of ingrained and attached to, to our business that um, it allows me to, to sit in a very interesting seat and, and an exciting place to be, exciting seat. And you're coming back to the seat again, Jason. So like in terms of that seat, it's not like I, I guess it's just not one of those things where it's it's just bestowed on on a finance professional. I feel you must earn it in some sort of way. So, so I mean, how do you feel, you know, on finance? I mean, what's the best way for us to earn that seat at the table? Yeah. So you know, I think I think the the number one thing is just kind of accuracy, right? So, um, in in, the, in this era of big data and and you know all, all the leading indicators and KPIs that 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 are flying around that I already mentioned. Um, being able to bring that that financial accuracy and and to to our business partners so that they can make those strategic decisions, um, and then and then really being their business partner. I mean, walking walking alongside with them in the path, right, in the path of the operations, and and stepping outside of the traditional quote unquote office of finance where you know we're, we're so we're so um, concerned with with the general ledger and our financial statements but stepping outside of that and being true st- strategic business partners um i think creates a lot of uh, you know it creates creates a lot of good within within any organization oh definitely definitely and and you know it's 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 great that this concept business partnering or being a strategic business partner is is getting more momentum but for some audience members it's it's still a bit new i mean what what does a strategic business partner mean for you jason and your stakeholders yeah so i mean it it uh it was very early on in my career that i saw that you know if i if i kind of approached all of my tasks with just that look i'm wearing my finance hat my finance and accounting hat um it wasn't the best way to create that that kind of cross-functional partnership and, and collaboration where um your, your business partners and the different functions across an organization would would look to you as a as a um a, p- a key person to go to for for information for analysis for uh, you know for, for strategy so i think setting that aside i've, I've always looked at myself as as a business and operations professional with a strong financial background. So that that's kind of the mentality that I, that I bring to, to any role. Uh, and that has, that that's really kind of, I, I think, you know, helped me in my career, pro, pro, career progression and career success is taking that, that type of mindset, you know, not losing the financial background that, that we come from, but also, um, you know, you're trying to, to make an impact on the business in, in that way. That's that's a that's a great way of looking. I think it's the first time I've heard of that. Jason is actually looking at yourself as like a, an operations professional. I know with some people on the show, which probably say they'd be uh, more of a commercially minded person or more entrepreneurial, but also with that finance background, that's a killer set of skills to, to bring to yeah. any uh, leadership team. Um, and I suppose you know, as a leader yourself, a CFO. I mean, how do you how do you sort of try and instill that in your team or give them the opportunities to do that? I mean, how do you distill that operations with a finance background in their in their um, mindsets? Yeah, so I, I just I just encourage kind of that that curiosity. That's what I look for in, in people that I that I try to hire is the people that want to understand the story beyond just the numbers, um, which is which is so important to me. You know, I want people to 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 get up you know out of their desk, out of their seats, and and walk across the company and talk to the development folks talk to the the, uh, the marketing folks and the sales folks and understand um, the impact that that your job in front of you has on them and also what they're doing the impact that they have on us and 
Um, you know, I, I really encourage that. And then in, in my team, in my monthly staff meetings, you know, there's a there's a finance piece of it, but there's always an operational and business piece of it where we make, where we make sure that we're talking about what's going on um, across the company, cross functionally, and then even across the space. You know, we talk about competitors and and what you know any kind of trends that we're seeing develop. Um, and again, a lot of those things we pull from our, our sales team and our, and our marketing team. So it just kind of speaks to the need to, uh, to communicate to those, those business partners. That's, that's a great, that's a great way of deconstructing that now, Jason, I, I just wonder from our audience perspective, I mean, how many of them talk about their competitors or what's going on in operations or the challenges sales are having? I mean, that's, um, that'd be curious. I'd love to, I'd love our audience to, to let us know on that one. I'm going to put that question up with with this episode um but i suppose in terms of then drawing out more your um leadership experience jason i, I loved an analogy you used between tennis and, uh, and basketball to describe i suppose um how we should be doing it in finance and balancing those environments so would you maybe perhaps elaborating on that sort of an, those analogies a bit more please yeah, sure. So, so the basketball and and the um, the tennis analogies for me, it really encompasses how, you know, I've approached my career and what I what I believe to be important in um, in a finance professional's career. So, when you think about um, tennis, it's a very individual uh, competition, right? You're 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 out there by yourself, and it's it's kind of a you're competing against your 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 competitor, but you're also competing against yourself. It's a it's a mental and it's a mind game where you're literally on an island and you have to you have to do the work and you have to figure it out yourself. Um, and and I love that that piece of tennis that yeah. kind of that kind of self challenge there. And absolutely, I think in everyone's career, you have to be willing to make it individual and and, and put in the hard work, develop yourself as a professional, and that that falls on on yourself as an individual. Um, so that's that's why I, that's the parallel that I draw from tennis. And then basketball, um, quite the opposite, right? A, a team sport where um, you you need that that team chemistry, or else you're just going to have dysfunction, you know. And, and my analogy is that you could have a team of the best individual talents who just don't like each other, don't don't enjoy playing with each other, and you will absolutely, you can absolutely lose to a team of inferior talent, but that has that that team camaraderie that, that plays for each other and that enjoys each other. Um, and you, you, you pick the sport and you see it every single year, right? Where, um, you know, kind of that chemistry trumps, trumps talent. Um, so those, those are my two, two analogies that I, that I take from the sports world and, and apply them to, to, to career and, and, and finance. Yeah, I I love that analogy, and I feel sometimes where people are getting frustrated with their careers, it's probably because they haven't quite got that balance quite right. correct yet. They've probably been too much on the the competitive side and maybe too much on the collaborative side. Right. So um, so that's that's a useful analogy, I suppose, in terms of getting the balance right. Um, any any advice for our audience there, Jason, in terms of getting it more in, in between those two? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's not letting one get in in the in the way of the other right i mean i think that um you absolutely need to push push ahead on, in your own personal career development and your your you know your professional training professional learning but it's it's not at the you know your your, your team shouldn't suffer from it right so and and i think that's super important from my perspective as a leader right where you know there's it's managing different personalities different 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 employees have different motivations and you know it's it's kind of making sure that from my level that everyone understands that hey 
above all else, we're a team and we have team goals that we need to accomplish. Yes, absolutely. I want all of you to be successful ind individually. And that is going to be part of our kind of career roadmap for the team and for, for the folks on the team. But above all else, it's, it's, it's the team and, and company success. Yeah, com completely agree. Completely agree. And I, and I suppose let's, let's go with that theme of success. I mean, from a from, I suppose, at the moment, Jason, I mean, what's what's currently exciting you most about your current work? So I think, you know, here at Centage, I would just point to the most exciting thing is, is the opportunity ahead of us. So, um, you know, right now, everything in the market tells us that um, there's a huge opportunity ahead of Centage. We are a, again, we, we, we're a financial planning and budgeting software, and we're targeting the SMB market. And market data tells us that the majority of SMB finance teams are still relying on, you know, Excel tools to, to do their, their budgeting and planning. Um, yet they're looking for something better. Um, I truly believe that, that Planning Maestro, our, our flagship product, is that something better. Um, you know, it, it, it allows for analysis and kind of real-time reporting to pull insights out of your business that Excel just doesn't do. I don't think Excel was ever meant meant to provide those those types of insights. Um, so yeah, it's it's absolutely kind of the the opportunity that that Centage has in front of me that that's the most exciting right now. Yeah, and I, and I suppose look, um, there's there's still in my mind too many um, SMBs failing in terms of business, and I always wonder if they just get a bit of additional finance advice around their budgeting, their planning even even their working capital management a bit more a bit more up-to-date information around that they, they could survive or, or make better decisions right. i suppose in terms of you know incorporating um, i suppose more structured more more process more technology driven planning i mean what do what do you say to these smb leaders who are yet to grasp the the advantages of, of adopting software like yours well i mean i think my, my main message to them would be this is you know, this is where where industry is heading, right? And not only that, but this is this is where your business partners most likely already are. Is this type of kind of a, a faster pace of of, of decision making? Um, business partners are asking for analysis and 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 to be turned around much quicker than in the past. And and again, planning maestro is is the tool that that allows you to do that. So, and and, and I implore, I would implore folks to just you know don't think about your your plan or your budget for this year, but think about your plan and your budget for the next two or three years. And that's the, that's the mindset that I always bring is I try to make decisions that not only make sense for the near term, that, you know, the, the next three to six months, but the next two to three years. And I, and I think that's our, that's our job as leaders, especially as finance leaders to make the make those decisions that are going to help our organizations be successful in that, that longer time frame. Yeah, because cause you just you just took the, um, a sort of thought out of my mind there, Jason. Because it's very, I suppose it's very easy just to to go day to day and make decisions day to day, but when you used the word earlier, strategic business partnering, well, that's just talking about having a having a longer time frame, and that's really the essence of finance. Finance is the steward there between the short and the long term. We need to make sure we're balancing the, those decisions that. Yes, we're doing the right things in the short term, but that we're building sustainable business so it's around in the longer longer term. And, and, and I guess then in terms of that longer term, as we, as we sort of, as, as a finance profession, uh, grow up a bit and, and, and you know, leverage technology to, to do that. I mean, how do we then engage with the business on those sort of, I mean, I mean maybe, maybe it's a case of what's the cost of not doing it, right? So, 
So, you know, like if, if we don't do this, um, then what's, what's the likely outcomes? Well, so, you know, the thing that jumps to my mind is that, um, you know, the business will make decisions without, without sound financial reasoning. And at, the, and at the end of the day, I think as a CFO in the Office of Finance, that is your, your number one job is to make sure that business leaders, um, you know, the CEO and the leadership team are making sound decisions for strategy, but sound financial decisions for strategy. Um, and, and that's the risk, you know, regardless of if you're a very cash positive large organization or if you're kind of a, you know, an organization seeking funding and, and you know, a little bit lighter on the cash that this is this is kind of the goal of most businesses is to, to, to grow and to make sound financial decisions. So so there's a there's a lot at stake here in what we're talking about, Andrew, and I strongly believe that. Yeah, I completely agree. It's what I was actually talking with um, a business development executive there not so long ago, and we were just talking about uh, all these sort of startups and and how they get their funding and whatever. And, and that's an early stage business. You got large enterprises. You said that that are probably much richer in terms of cash flow. Right. But even for those smaller ones, um, what advantage would they give them? Just having a a finance process or the appropriate technology in play, place to demonstrate to potential investors that these guys have really thought through their their financial planning. I think there was a, only an article I even read today where people, there was a, there was a well-known UK-based company that went out of business and investors had put money into it, you know, not insignificant sums into it without actually um, bothering to care for the financial processes that might have actually signaled, oh, hang on a sec, this probably wasn't a safe bet for a sound strategic decision-making. Um, so I do think I do think having those more established processes and, and products in place is a good way of actually um, maybe de-risking from an investor's perspective as well the, the success of, of, of some of their investments. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I absolutely agree. I think that it, it de-risks. It's all, it also just kind of, you know, for, for the smaller small organizations that we're talking about, it kind of, you know, up-levels their, their output. Up-levels. Right? You know, so, so yeah. you know, so many of the smaller companies that, that I've joined and been to, I, I look at just, for example, we're talking about investors and board of directors. I look at the board of directors package that is produced on a quarterly basis. And, you know, it, they're just not mature and they're not they're not kind of at the level where I'm, I'm sure the company leadership wants them to be. And that's that's what planning master really provides. Right. It kind of up levels your your um, your financial software, your your financial reporting. Um, you know, it's I, I really think that for an SMB business, you're you're getting kind of that enterprise level um, reporting package, um, all of those types of things that that companies strive for it's available here and, and you don't you don't have to produce in in excel you know and I, I think that's one of the things that as as we've talked to customers that they don't understand that oh this is this is something that, that we can do today this is something that as a smaller organization we can we can produce a board package that looks competitive with with companies that are much more advanced than we are or, or much more mature than we are and i i suppose though the the, the the challenge then for those companies is once they get to that level of maturity is, is leveraging it and making the most of it and making those better decisions right sort of any tips for our audience who are in that sort of position is like okay got the tools in place got the tech in place can do this now what what's next how you know what's what's next for them i mean is it how, how to become better at influencing or making an impact with that uh, yeah advantage? i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna go back to what we, we touched on briefly at the start of the conversation and that's that's kind of leveraging your business partners right so 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 planning my is a tool that's built that it's it's meant for your business partners to come in and have direct input into the financial budget and the financial plan um 
and and that's that's the key, right? That the tool can be in place, but as as a finance team, if if we're not reaching out to our business partners and saying we have this this great financial budgeting and planning tool, we want your inputs, we want us to to collaborate here and and develop a financial plan and a financial roadmap that makes sense, um, then then we're not then we're not using the tool properly, and that and that's the key thing that that folks have to understand is that um, at the end of the day, it still it still comes down to uh, finance having you know sitting at that table with the rest of the business and and working together to to create something that adds the most value and 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 it, and, it, and it begins with that collaboration. Yeah, I completely agree. You you just reminded me there, Jason, of one of our early podcast um, guest mentors. He was um, a leader in an accounting practice, and I think he he's saying was conversations lead to opportunities, and it's using these tools yep. to foster conversations with business partners to. It's a structure roadmap that makes sense, something that's uh, executable, that that's uh, sound financially as well, right. uh, you know. And I think that's that's really where a lot of us need to get to. So, look, really appreciate you sort of introducing those concepts to us and giving us great advice. Great. I mean, what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received? Uh, own your own career. Um, <laughs> that that you know, I, so, I think, sounds like from experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you know, take take ownership of your career. I, I had a. A mentor say this to me early on, and you know, I I, I just feel that when I I really understood what that that meant, I, I really started to make progress as a as a finance professional. Um, so it's it's all about understanding that at the end of the day, it's it's not your manager or your organization's responsibility to push forward your career development. It's it is your own responsibility, and and you have to take accountability for that, right? So wh- whether that means seeking out professional development and training and learning opportunities or or stepping up and proactively taking on projects that are outside of your comfort zone, comfort zone, so that you can develop. I mean, these are the things that that I really believe are are absolutely leading indicators to to career success. And so, when when I fully understood what it meant to own my own career, um, you know, that that was that was a huge moment for me. And I, I would definitely say that that's some of the best advice that I've ever received. Yeah, no, that's, that that really resonates. Yeah, definitely, Jason. That's great advice. Uh, and I suppose in terms of maybe maybe leveling up in, in terms of doing that? I mean, any sort of recommended resources you, you'd suggest to our audience go check out? Um, so, I mean, aside from just like the everything that's available, you know, in, in space these days, and for example, your podcast yeah. and, and things that you can you can use to, to leverage and understand what's going on. I, I, I really think that finding that you know, somebody to, a personal mentor to sit down with monthly yeah. where you're not bringing your laptop, you're not bringing your phone and there's no, there's no work going on. And all that you're talking about is, is kind of career development and, um, you know, where, where you've been successful, where you need work, th- those kind of conversations, which as I'm sure, you know, those, when things get busy, when the fire drills pop up, those conversations, yep. those, those conversations are the first ones to push, right? Well, let's, oh, let's yeah. <laughs> right. Let's, 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 re- yeah. let's reschedule that career discussion. Let's, let's, re- let's, Let's let's reschedule that 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 mentoring session. But you know, I I just absolutely believe that on a cadence, whether it's it's monthly or, or quarterly, you need to set aside time to 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 reflect, reflect on what you're doing well in your career, reflect on where you're where you're strong, and reflect on where where you're where you need to develop. So that's that's I would I would encourage folks to to think about that. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great suggestion, and I'm glad you you say this. Jason, because I think there's there's so many 
in our profession struggle with this right. in terms of just keeping that time sacred yeah. for, for development. And if you think about it, across the week, it's not a lot of time. Right. You yeah. know, and we are finance professionals. We are really highly qualified people yeah. that are very clever and smart at what we do. Right. We can figure out how to make the time back else another time. But this is just non-negotiable. It just has to be done because right. the benefits far away the, the investment of time, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so you know, Absolutely acknowledge that that we're we're always you know it seems like we're always running from from one drill to the next but yes get get creative you know I've, I've had times in my careers where I I've met my mentor for for breakfast on Saturday mornings right there we go yeah great so, one that is a great one yeah so yeah. you just you just have to get creative and and make sure that it's an investment in yourself is what it is and then you have to make sure that you're making that investment yeah one hundred percent so and i love I love the examples this you know if if you're doing it on Saturday morning right. with your or your mentor uh, over breakfast, I mean come on, there's other creative ways as well right yeah, so yeah. that's that's a great one to begin with <laughs> so so look at uh, Jason really enjoyed the conversation um if some of our audience wish to continue it where where's the best way to connect with you at um so i'm I'm on linkedin i would i would I would ask people to uh to connect with me on linkedin I'm happy to to continue the conversation um you know, on social media or, you know, over email live. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm always happy to, to have this type of discussion. And I'm sure you can tell that this, this, these are the things that excite me about, about finance and, and um, where we're at today and, and how we're just kind of looked to as key strategic business partners to, to push organizations forward. So I'm happy, happy to have continue the conversation. Oh, that that's brilliant, Jason. And look, um, I, I suppose in terms of wrapping this up, I I loved how you gave the story, how you were drawn to FPNA, why that uh, mattered. That the, actually deconstructing strategic finance business partners for us, because I don't I don't think folks actually um, really have much in the way of examples of this, of people sharing their stories. And I love the, the the mindset shift of yes. I've got a finance background, but starting with operations first, so an operations and a finance professional, I think that's a great way of us actually making inroads as strategic business partners too. So, well, you know, before we, we wrap up fully, Jason, just sort of any other parting thoughts to share with the audience? Um, no, I, I, I think it's just a, um, you know, if you're, if you're involved in, in, in finance right now, it's an, it's an incredibly exciting time. Um, you know, there's, there's certainly no lack of, excitement out there when you think about so many companies going through digital transformation, you know, you, you add to the fact that we're right on the brink of, of the age of machine learning and artificial intelligence, right? So what's what's amazing to me, and I would, I would encourage folks to think about this, is that the Office of Finance is literally right in the middle of all this excitement. So, so you know, I, I, a while back, I saw an article in Forbes, and it was called, The New CFO is a change maker in the age of AI. So it's so a direct quote was that the CFO and the office of finance are, they're looked to now as architects of growth. So you just, you just think about that. And that's, that's outside of the traditional realm of accounting, budgeting, forecasting. We are being looked at within organizations to drive organizational growth. Um, and you know, that, that, that is just so exciting. That gives me the chills to even say that, that architects, <laughs> yeah. our architects of growth, right? That's, that's, that's it. I think. I think when you think about it, I mean, really, Andrew, if we pulled up job descriptions of, 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 of finance professionals over the last twenty years, where you know, I think early on you would not see an architect of growth on on any on any bulleted. Any- not a chance, <laughs> <laughs> right? So it's it's just a, it's just an amazingly exciting time to be in finance, and um, you know, so that that that's what I would end with. I- that's perfect architects of growth what a way to wrap up jason thank you so much for being such a great guest thank you very much for your time andrew appreciate it
So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.